It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. No Bond girl in this film. No Bond girl? No, not, no, he doesn't have a love interest in this film. Yeah, One but of, he... He still bangs women. That's he still bangs he a to. girl. Uh, multiple. And still gets to kiss another girl before she leaves. A lot of people say that uh, M is the Bond girl in this film. Who's M? M is his boss, Judy Dench. Oh, Judy Dench, yeah. It was weird seeing Judy Dench as not, not a, a cat. Because that's how I last remember her. It's weird for me to see her as a cat. Because I want her <laughs> the to other be, way around. Because I want her to like sit the cats down and be like, Cat Bond, your mission is as follows. <laughs> Give them tasks. Hand them a dossier. <laughs> Mr. Cat Blofeld, this Discipline needs to be brought them. down. <laughs> you can't do this to us, Mr. Bond. It was odd. Yeah, when I first saw her, I was like... She looks familiar. So there's only there's only like three storylines that Bond films take. There's either Bond doing a mission, okay, like from Russia with Love or Goldfinger or Doctor No, where where he literally is told Bond, we need you to go fight this bad guy. There's Bond quits MI6, where Bond is like, I'm tired of this shit. I quit, and then something happens in the beginning of the film, and then he's like, I guess I'll come back. That's like uh-huh. Skyfall. That's uh, which I assume No Time to Die is going to be like that too. Uh, that's on Her Majesty's Secret Service, there's always, there's always like Bond is like, I'm done. And then he comes back. And then the third one is Revenge, where Bond is like, yeah, I work for MI6, but also, fuck MI6. You know, what's weird for me, since I haven't seen any Bond films since I was a kid, mm-hmm. I should preface that I haven't seen a Daniel Craig Bond Ever. film yet. That's fine. And I've seen enough for all of us, so don't worry. Yeah, um, but what's interesting is that... Uh, you talk about him having these emotions, and I've always remembered Bond being this charming, stoic figure, a yeah. man of few words. Well, the Roger Moore was was just a super horny Bond. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean Connery was a little more of a smoldering Bond. Dalton was a beat-the-shit-out-of-you Bond. <laughs> but Daniel Craig also smoldering all of the time. Daniel Craig, and I will say this right off the top, I think is the best looking, acting, and closest to the book Bond representation we have. You know, I'll say at first... Daniel Craig didn't seem like quite the fit for a Bond mm-hmm. for me. Sure. Looks wise, I always I was confused. I was like, this imagine, guy looks you imagine different. Imagine Pierce Brosnan. That's what it is. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan will forever be engraved as James Bond in my mind because that's who I grew up with. Yeah, of course. Objectively speaking, who do you think is better looking, Pierce Brosnan or no, Daniel Craig? Pierce Brosnan, and I think he he is a better looking Bond of the trope of Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a true nerd. The book has Bond slated as like 60. Like Bond is actually really old in the books. Yeah. Uh, which is why they're always like, please come back and help us. Because it's fine. It works with the he's, universe. He's more like a Sherlock Holmes in yeah. like the 60s in the books. Um, but in all the movies, he's always like a young debonair, kind of like really smooth guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think Pierce Brosnan is the best looking of that because Daniel Craig is so gruff and like cut and and like jagged. You know, like he, yeah. he looks like a, a brutal, blunt Killing machine. Like Pierce M. Brosnan Colden. is more of like a pretty boy. He's more of like a... Pierce Brosnan is the super spy. Yeah. And Daniel Craig is a assassin. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Now, would you say that... We've had this talk before. Someone that you look up to, I say, is James Bond. You yeah, know, totally. A pivotal figure, uh-huh. a pivotal fictional figure in your life. Um, is he a serial killer? By definition, he is a serial killer. 
Yes, hard yes. Because in this movie, it seemed like he was accidentally killing a lot of people, and Judy Dench was just like, all right, let me Please sit you down. Please stop killing people. <laughs> we know your charm and wit works. But in this in this film, and, and we will get to welcoming the audience. Yes. Um, in this film, there are people who die that they're like, Bond, you got to stop killing people. And Bond literally didn't kill that person. Yeah. Like, there's at least three people that they blame him killing, and he's like, I killed that guy in the bathroom, but I didn't kill that guy. There was a dude he threw off the roof yeah. at that party. Uh, and and he landed on, on a car and was still alive. But yes. then those henchmen were like, you know this guy? No. Nope. Bang, 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 bang. Because later on, M's like, why would you shoot him and throw him off the roof? And Bond's like, I, I did. I, I didn't. only <laughs> threw him off the roof. I, I didn't shoot him. And it's hard to defend yourself after an already violent act. I um, only threw him off the roof. So this is good. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to nerd out quite a bit on this episode because I have finally convinced Christian to let me do a Bond film. Yeah. And I will say that murder in particular where, where he's holding the guy's tie and he kind of like drops it. They kind of like fumble when he throws him off the roof mm-hmm. is a callback to a Roger Moore film where Bond is being dangled off and he like knocks it off and pushes the guy off. Because he has a big tie, that's what saved Bond's life. Okay. So what I do like about the Daniel Craig films, all the way through of his career, they do these little callbacks to the old films where they'll say something like, this is for your eyes only. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say something, you know, they, they'll kind of very little, lit, subtly pepper in old Bond things. Yeah. Uh, that's what I really like about the Bonds uh, in contemporary Yeah, this times. must have, you must have been nerding out a lot throughout this particular series, mm-hmm. the Daniel Craig series of Bond. Yeah, I mean, that's what got me in so deep into, like, as a fan of Bond. I watched the films as a kid and, like, had watched Pierce Brosnan and stuff. And then as I got older, I, like, really just, Daniel Craig really, like, reopened the whole thing where I was like, these are all great films. He's a good Bond. Yeah, I owned every single, ja- I do own every single James Bond film on uh-huh. Blu-ray. And I have all of the. That must look real nice on it's, the shelf. It's a nice collection, I have to say. Um, uh-huh. And I've seen every single one multiple times. It's just. It's great. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, welcome to another episode of ICBTB Podcast. Also known as... It Can't Be That Bad Podcast. Where even, like, decently bad movies can be great. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, We'll take any movie that is somewhat critically condemned, and we're going to defend the fuck out of it. Today we are defending one of Alejandro's favorite films. You brought this to me. You've talked about it before. Since the very beginning, and, and in all honesty, this film was... Poorly received when it was when it was when it came out. Yeah. Um, but I think people have forgotten about it, and so a lot of times when I bring it up to people, they'll be like, "Was that a bad film?" And I'm like, yeah. "Well, do you remember it?" And they're like, "I I actually don't remember any part of it." I'm like, that's exactly it. Try it again. It's very it's very forgettable. Uh, yes. When it came out. Do you think a lot of people kind of shit on it because like in comparison to the other movies, maybe it is a little overshadowed. Yes, and I have maybe three or four solid reasons why I think this film is also kind of pushed aside in James Bond in the franchise. I think the franchise itself doesn't like looking at, at this film because um, there's, I I don't know. I I have so many things I want to say about this film. I know I can see it in your face. So let's just, let's go through the nitty gritty and then I can nerd out and and then you can ask me questions. And, And honestly, guys, First of all, right off the top, Quantum of Solace is one of the only Bond films that is a direct sequel to the previous film. So uh-huh. if you've seen Casino Royale, which is Daniel Craig's first film, this movie takes place literally five minutes after Casino Royale ends. Yeah. So if you have the time, I know quarantine's coming to an end. If you have time to watch four hours of Bond, I suggest 
taking a day. And we know you have four hours to you spare. You might. Yeah, it, just before, because soon you won't. Soon yeah. you will let's not. Let's break down your day real quick. You wake up. Yep. Let's face it. Nine, nine thirty. Hop on your phone at nine or nine thirty in the morning. Till You're ten, ten thirty. Yeah, you don't even hop out of bed. You got morning breath still. That's gross. Don't even think about putting on your COVID mask with that quarantine breath. It'll knock yourself out. Yeah. You got to eat breakfast, brush your teeth. That's two hours already. You got to say hi to your family via Zoom. Three hours. Casino Royale could be on throughout all of that. Exactly. Quantum Solace can be on throughout all of that. Exactly. Uh, you may not catch all of it, but you will be like, you know what? I should sit down and watch this film. Uh, and then that night, you'll probably put it back on and really sit down and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like I said, takes place after Casino Royale. You should watch it as a four-hour epic. If you like Lord of the Rings, it should be fucking easy for you then, nerds. Um, you have no right to say that because you've never even seen Lord of the Rings. So might I've I seen tell the first you, one. Not, not enough, dude. It's called a trilogy for a reason. Well. Yeah. I don't. There's I, more than three. Yeah. Well, the, the Hobbits, I haven't seen. I've Bless only you. seen one of the, the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. but that's because I'm, I'm more about the original Lord of the Rings. And the Hobbit films, that's the one with the rabbit and James Marsden, right? What? Oh, no, that's hot. Never mind. Sorry. You are so silly. Don't talk crap about my Lord of the Rings, dude. Your Lord of the Rings? It's mine. <laughs> I read the I book as a child. <laughs> I know J.R.R. Tolkien and Peter Jackson. Cool. Thank you. I was waiting for you to finish that thought. Who else? Did you think that King Kong was good? I love King Kong. <laughs> that might be oh, coming up. Oh, King list. Kong is so Why is it good. So long. Jack Black is in it. Yeah, he is. And the, the, oh, he is a shining star in that film. And the cinema, you know? Jack Black didn't audition for that role. Um, Peter Jackson asked him to be in it. And Jack Black was like, you telling me? who's and Peter, or Jack Black is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Jack Black was like, fuck yeah, I'll be in the new King Kong. He's great. And uh, before we hit the nitty gritty, there is a PlayStation 2 first-person shooter game yes. of the King Kong, yeah. of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Absolutely phenomenal. That, that game came with my PlayStation 2. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I would not think that King Kong would be a PS2 bundle type of game. I also played that game at the Metreon in the Sony store. Oh, I love that store. Yeah, that's for all our fans who like our little quick and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk to our movie fans. Yeah, here's the nitty gritty movie fans. <laughs> we watched a film called Quantum of Solace, which was rated PG-13 and released in the year 2008. It is actually the shortest James Bond film with a runtime of one hour, 47 minutes, or 107 minutes. It feels pretty good. The director made a point... To make it a compact, short little film. Um, you know, hour and 40 miles. I was surprised, honestly, when I saw it, the runtime. I was like, quick. is this is this right? Am I reading this yeah, right? Yeah, because God knows they t- don't do that in any of the other ones. Um, <laughs> I they, actually love these films. They're usually two hours <laughs> oh, plus, least, right? Yeah. Um, and there's so, yeah. Although this one, I think, could have taken a little bit more time. I think they could have used a little more, like, Exposition, I think, is what I'm... You think they made the sandwich a little too fast? Yeah, I think they could have had at least one person like on an airplane or on a boat and being like, uh, what what, what are you doing, Bond? And just have them like, explain it <laughs> Dude, all again. I, to be honest, <laughs> like I said, I have never seen any of the Daniel Craig movies, sure. so I was so confused. Like, uh, I so pressed, many names. I pressed play, and I swear to God, I thought it was the middle of the movie <laughs> already. I was, I thought that I had like skipped over. But isn't that great how the cold open is such a jump right into the action? I wasn't ready. I had a bowl oh. of cereal after a hard day. Day at work and it's just <laughs> I was like oh my god what do I look at my spoon of cereal you're or lucky the because that scene was supposed to have three cars chasing him but they cut it to two cars 
And he and they were in a ton. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay, let's okay, finish okay. the uh, Six point six out of ten on IMDb. Sixty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty eight percent on Metacritic. It's also not the lowest rated Bond film. The lowest rated Bond film is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And what year did that come out? And who was the Bond? Oh, uh, that was nineteen. 19- 1970. Okay. Uh, George Lazenby. He only did one Bond film. I know. Oh, he's the infamous one Bonder. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, that that film's crazy. Actually, Spectre's a little bit of a remake of it. They there's a very there's a lot of tropes in Spectre that correlate straight to On Her Majesty's Secret wow, Service. Wow, that's cool. Um, but uh, one of the crazy parts about On Her Majesty's Secret Service is it takes place in most of it takes place in the Alps where they're at this like allergies lab where they're trying to like cure allergies but like i love this lab they're just hot women who have these allergies i love this lab. and their allergies are super racist like the black girl what? is allergic to bananas what? the asian girl's allergic to rice what <laughs> it's like and bond gets there and they're like what are you allergic to and i think it was like se- literally like sex or something and uh-huh. like and they're like well we'll cure you of that by making you fuck these women and it's like holy shit it's pretty intense that his Tuxedo in that uh-huh. movie is what uh, Austin Powers' blue suit is based on. Oh, that's what it came the from. The fruffles and everything. Yeah, I like that suit. Yeah, I like that suit a lot. I wish there was an, a real allergy for rice because, you oh my it? gosh, my you, family you would, would be so much. much healthier. You know, rice is a standard all over the world. Every culture has a rice dish. Yeah, don't just uh, akin it to Asians, but it, it is a, a true stereotype. They eat a lot. They a eat lot by, of by, rice. by quantity. I think they eat quite a bit. Yeah, you want regular rice. You want uh, jasmine, jasmine rice, yellow sticky rice, rice, yellow rice, purple rice, rice, blue rice. You want rice paper, brown rice. Yeah, you want rice noodles. Drink. Would you like a rice drink? That exists. Yeah, it's called horchata. A, a rice tea. Yes, horchata. Would you, like, would you like it for dessert? Would you like Dude, a rice pudding? <laughs> yeah, rice pudding in Indian restaurants. At the end, they'll give you rice pudding. Yeah, sweet, sweet like coconut milk rice with oh, mangoes. That sounds good. Yeah, that'll put you to sleep. I take back the allergy That'll put on you rice. To sleep. I would love to eat that. <laughs> You've already changed your mind. How about this, Christian? What Hi. percentage of Google users approved of this film? Eighty-seven uh, percent. Eighty-five. Ooh, okay. I like that you went with seven because of 007. Yeah, that's exactly that's was, why huh? I did it. Let me throw the synopsis at you. Um, this could help you. I hope so. Okay. Following the death of Vesper Lynn, James Bond makes his next mission personal. The hunt for those who blackmailed his lover leads him to the ruthless businessman. Dominic Green, a key player in an organization that coerced Vesper to betray Bond. Bond learns that Green is plotting to gain total control of a vital natural resource, and he must navigate a minefield of danger and treachery to foil the plan. This one was directed by Mark Foster, a one-and-done director. Um, you know, this film made—I'm not, I'm not going to—we're just going to get into it because we've already bullshitted enough. But this film made almost $600 million. Okay, wow. The Bond franchise alone has made more money than a lot of countries Holy in the world. Holy shit. Yeah. So this one, even being one of the not as popular ones, still did because people want to see Bond. Yes. Even if they don't like it, even if they hate Bond, they're going to go see it uh, because everybody likes a Bond film, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I. What is it about Bond that differentiates it from other spy films that were less successful? It was the first one that I think made it cool. Wow. Uh, it is badass, It's truly the dude. first one. To make, and like all the tropes... Uh, end up going like get smart austin powers mm-hmm. all the like jokey spy things go back to bond even to the point where like uh even bond kind of started to understand that he was being really campy so like roger moore film started to like it was like a, a echo in a speaker it's just suddenly like it's a vamping vamping now 
even Bond knows he's being silly. Uh-huh. And it's, and so by the time Daniel Craig came around, they really had to kind of like, all right, let's cut the shit and start all they over. They changed it. They really changed it. I've said it. it plenty of times before. The Bourne Ultimatum films are the reason why we have Daniel Craig as a Bond. Uh, ooh, excuse me. Those films uh, made a real gritty spy action world. That's mm-hmm. why we have Dark Knight. That's why we have James Bond as Daniel Craig. That's why we have this real push to make things realistic Mm -hmm. because films got really kind of out there and kind of brainy and heady in the 90s and late 80s and this is a a great real detective spy film it's been a long time since we've seen bond be a detective but uh, let's not forget he's also a detective (laughs) he's also a swooner because he's wooing all these ladies and like almost like and and you it's well, for me, because I know he's still heartbroken over Vesper. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like he's banging all these women to kind of like get Vesper out of get his mind. Get over it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is kind of sad. You know, it blows my mind. In this movie, there's the redheaded chick named uh, Fields. Agent Fields. Yeah. Strawberry Fields. Stra- and he knows this girl for about 10 minutes from the airport <laughs> up until their uh, beautiful suite uh, where they're so staying great. at for the night. Um, they go upstairs. She shows him his room. The first thing he says is, Oh, I can't seem to find the stationery, which is bathroom. And you see, it. how no, can you miss the bathroom? Stationery is paper. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's, he says I can't find any of the sta- stationery. is like writing a letter. So like, you know, when you go to a, a hotel, you usually have like a pen and paper pad. So he couldn't find he's just paper? Saying, he's just saying, hey, he's just, he, that's he's how smooth, telling that's her, how smooth Bond is. And she laughed. At first I was confused. Because even she knows like, that's a dumb excuse. But she laughed and started walking toward him immediately. It works. You realize if I asked any girl in a hotel room that I met 10 minutes prior, I'll say, hey, where's the paper? She'll go like this. It's right there. No, and that's because you're not smooth like Bond. That's the problem because you're not good enough. Dude, I know. But the I thing know. Is, so I, I want to talk a little bit about that because one of my favorite things is the first hotel that they go to yeah. where Bond's like, no, I'm not staying here. Uh-huh. Like there, There's a level two Bond where he will not – like. He has a standard now. He's been through. He could die any day. Well, we, he we, deserves the best. We do know also that he comes from quite a bit of money. Like his, yeah. we do see his estate in Skyfall, um, mm-hmm. the, his old family estate. So he comes from quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. No wonder he doesn't want to stay in that dirty. He wouldn't hole. stay in a Motel Six. Yeah, he'll stay in a Motel 007, Though I'll tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. That's. I'm that's, sorry. That's bad. You gotta step up your game if this is how it's gonna. <laughs> this isn't gonna work. Um, um, I the the theme song. You know, they always get big name. Singers to do the themes. Alicia Keys and um, who was the other? And singer? Jack White. Jack White singing so, the intro song. For I us. really like it. A lot of people don't like it. I think it's, it's a, different. It's a fun kind of like a rocky yet with uh, like the trumpets that are very iconically Bond theme mm-hmm. songs. Uh, it was supposed to be who? Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson. I w- Mark Ronson as in uh, Uptown Funk. Mark yeah, that Ronson. Guy. Yeah, the DJ. What an interesting uh, duo. Uh, they that were originally supposed to, do, but she went to rehab, and they kind of didn't end up making it. There's uh-huh. also another song that David Arnold had originally written. He's the guy who did the music, the composer for the film. Yeah. Uh, that film or that song didn't end up being used, but you can hear elements of it throughout the film because usually, oh, that's cool. Usually, the title will have elements throughout the film. Um, and they they at the, like the last minute switch to Alicia Keys and Jack White for this film. This pro- film had a lot of problems in its production too. Yeah. It was during the writer's strike. Uh, so wow. it was finished. Actually, the story is it was finished two hours before the writer's strike started. So Neil and Purvis Wade finished this script and literally handed it in two minutes before they could not even look at it. How script. stressful would that have been, dude? I think they probably finished it during the strike and oh, then they're just like, let's time. just tell everybody we turned it in. Right beforehand. We can't say right beforehand. How about like, 
two hours no not even two hours that's the story two hours before the strike started was when they handed this film in damn dude that's really pushing it and so daniel craig and mark forster ended up uh rewriting quite a bit of this film Uh uh-huh and so that's why i think you lose some stuff i think that's why they name a character strawberry field and then Uh in the film they're like i'm not gonna tell you my first name because even they're like are we doing this are we doing the joke are we doing the james Uh bond like octopusy name where like you clearly know that we're you it's know. a joke of a name but yeah. we'll kind of like make it subtle exactly it's interesting that her name would be strawberry fields and she's a redhead do you think there's a correlation with that talking about her pubic hair oh is that what that that's what it is is that what strawberry fields mean well not the song the song is about a portion of central park in new york okay uh, but i think the the you think it was like a sexual the, joke like that because all the bond girl names are O- Are they octopusy? You have to realize that, like, this is all yeah, new you don't to know me. Any, you You're don't gonna know have to break this down to me. Well, I mean, like, Bonds that that's why, like, Sylvia Trench and like a lot of vagina from Austin Powers, like, yeah, that's oh, why they have that, makes that sense. that's why they have those like names. Like, uh-huh. it, it's it was always a, play a correlation on that. And I think Daniel Craig and probably uh, Mark, the director, probably saw this and were like, Are we doing that? Like, because. In Casino Royale, they didn't play mm-hmm. any. Well, because they, they were trying to really change the genre back, revert it back into something more serious. Exactly. With this. Exactly. They really didn't want to, and like no, no jokes, no gadgets, mm-hmm. uh, no frills. In fact, he doesn't even use. There was zero gadgets in this. None at all. And even in like a Casino Royale, he gets a cool. Car, he gets a DBS. He gets that car that he's driving. Yeah. Uh, which like the coolest thing in that is like it has a defibrillator in the glove compartment. Which wow. Guess what comes in handy. And then also a gun. And like <laughs> which. Also comes quite in you handy. You want to kill someone? <laughs> and Or save their life. Or save their life. But uh, but that's that's the extent of his gadgets. Until until Skyfall, well, even at Skyfall, he gets a radio and a Walter PPK. Uh-huh. But he doesn't, sh- the Walter PPK is the iconic James Bond gun. He doesn't yeah. use that at all in this film or in Casino Royale. It seems like there are no automatic weapons used in this In the beginning, he movie. uses an automatic. Oh, he does, huh? Yeah, but they use every that, kind of gun. Just a pistol, really. They say actually one of the reasons why this film has some sort of problems is he doesn't use a lot of guns in this film. He like in fact stabs people with glass and is beating the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And there's an axe in the final climax. Yeah, uh, which was also a callback to a view to a kill. Again, a lot of little peppering things. There was a villain with an axe in that. Christopher Walken. Ah. Um. Uh, the the little things that they do, I think. Uh, like because the reason why they didn't have guns was because gun violence was such a big thing. I think uh-huh. they wanted to not make a big deal about guns. There's no gun barrel shoot scene until the very end, um, which was to kind of signify, look, we told the origin story of Bond. Now we can start telling Bond stories. Mm-hmm. Except Spectre was kind of also an origin story of Bond. So was kind of Skyfall. It's just like the 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 people who own James Bond right now, Eon yeah. Productions, uh, is owned is run by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Uh, mm-hmm. Who are the children of Albert Broccoli, who was the guy who brought all these films? Was the reason why we have James Bond. What's films. the last name? Broccoli. Broccoli. And um, it's they are trying, yeah. and I really hope No Time to Die doesn't suck. I mean, especially after because the song fucking does. It's about a about a decade that we've been waiting for a new Bond film, right? Well, no, when, Spectre, when did... Spectre came out in 2017, 2016. Oh, not that long ago. Okay, yeah. I I, th- I think 2017 actually. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a while. This Daniel Craig takes quite a bit of time in between films, but I think yeah. that's not necessarily his fault. I think that's I think the production company's fault. Yeah, yeah. Spectre also took longer because so here's a, here's a here's a little bit of tiredness for you if I can just bore you off for one second here. Quantum <laughs> is a made up group 
that controls everything. Uh, Dominic Green talks about it quite a bit in this film. They set up that this idea that there is this group that is in control of all of the bad things that happen in this world. They're the ones who gave Lashif the money in, in Casino Royale. They're the ones who like funded terrorist organizations who did like 9-11 and all of those things. They're the bad guys in the world. Quantum was set up to be the anti-MI6. In the original Bond films, the anti-MI6 is a group called Spectre. But after they made a couple of films of Spectre, Albert Broccoli had a partner. His name was... God damn, I can't remember what his name was. But they split. And when they split, the other co-creator of Bond claimed that he was the one who invented Spectre. And that if Albert Broccoli's going to do Bond films, he can't use any of my creations. So Bond lost his number one villain, his antithesis, uh, Ernst Avro Blofeld. He lost Spectre. He lost all of the bad guys who were like attached to this anti-Avengers kind of group. Uh, and so they couldn't touch it anymore. So right around, during like Sean Connery's bonds, they stopped using Spectre. Uh-huh. They like kill Blofeld without even like saying his name or anything just to like wrap up that storyline and then go on to something new. Uh, so they were setting up Quantum to be new Spectre. And then right after Skyfall, the guy, they were still in this like 50-year battle over the rights of Spectre, James Bond, or the Broccoli family, and, and then the other family. Um, finally, they just like settled. Holy shit. They finally settled for like millions and millions of dollars. The Broccoli family got back the rights to Spectre. What did they make their next film? To almost rub it in their face. They named it Spectre. And wow. in that film, there's like one line where they're like, oh yeah, Quantum was part of Spectre. And it's like, fuck, you set all of this cool shit up and you just- You just destroyed it right there and yeah. then- Yep. Isn't it upsetting how production feuds or the feuds behind the production yeah. really just fuck up the product? Bond is one of the reasons why I'm interested in the production of films because you can very clearly see how much of the real world influences every single James Bond film. Mm -hmm. Everything from the way he walks, talks, dresses, drinks, drives, acts, says, mm -hmm. and the plot lines are directly correlated with what's happening in the world. Wild. Timothy Dalton helps... Al-Qaeda and literally helps Al-Qaeda because at that time it was everybody with Al-Qaeda against the Russians. Uh -huh. So he's literally helping Osama bin Laden in, in uh, tomorrow. That's super and view, weird. Yeah. That's and then super like, weird. And then a view to a kill, computers were the big thing. So Christopher Walken's bad guy plot to destroy all the computers. Uh-huh. In Quantum of Solace, oil was the biggest driving factor in the world in 2008. Yeah. So they chose to use water to prove that the next big crisis is going to be a drought exactly and the whole film they kind of slated of water they slated as if it is That's oil so and then we get to the end and they're like actually it's water that was a cool switch that they do that's cool I, I i find a lot of respect in this production uh in just bond films now from you telling me this that it's expressive of the current events at hand oh, of course look at that's their clothing dope. look at their cars look at dude let's talk about his clothing daniel yes. craig in a tuxedo damn i fucks with the tux bro Couple fun facts here for you. What every actor who plays Bond, <laughs> you look so excited. I am. I've been dying your to do a Bond film. Your body language changed. Ooh, I've had a boner this whole time. Oh, you have? Yes. Is uh, that why your thighs are so close together? <laughs> that's why they're wide open. So your <laughs> <laughs> um, no. every actor who plays James Bond signs in their contract that they can never wear a tuxedo in the film after they're finished playing James Bond. Wow. So you'll never see Daniel Craig wearing a tuxedo in film. You'll never see Pierce Brosnan wearing a tuxedo in film unless they're playing James Bond. Because they own that character. Yep. Holy shit. That look, you, you, your face of Daniel Craig in a tuxedo, I own that motherfucker. If you're going to wear a tuxedo, I own that motherfucker. it better be loose. It better no, be it, froppy. It's got to be a suit. Oh, you can't wear a tuxedo. It's wow. got to be a suit. That's yeah. why anytime you see Pierce Brosnan in another movie, like when he did Thomas Crown Affair, mm -hmm. he doesn't wear a tuxedo in the final like dancing. He's wearing a suit. 
man, because it's, it was the conflicting with the this. The difference is this, but whatever. Yeah. And for those who didn't see, I mimed uh, jacking off. Yeah. Because it's a, He's wanking it's off. a jerk off stupid thing. Dude, yeah, people get so caught up in uh, these Hollywood bigwigs. They're yeah. just like, I own you. I own the idea of you. You can't do this or that. It's, and it really fucks up the project of a lot of things. I mean, if you're going to be Bond, you should know that that's what you're getting into. Daniel Craig definitely did. Of all the Bonds who like signed on, uh-huh. I think Daniel Craig read the contract and was like, yeah, I expected all this shit. You know, Daniel Craig pulls off. I, I, I saw him in this commercial. He was, uh, I forget what it was, but he was doing the popped collar of a jean jacket. He pulls it off real well. The popped collar of he's a, a great look. He's a, a good looking man. Coat. He's, yeah. He is uh, physically symmetrical and pleasing to the eye. It, the, the, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's the best okay. commercial that Daniel Craig does what? is, I think it's a Heineken commercial, where Daniel Craig meets James Bond. And Holy it's like shit. the most meta commercial. I fucking love it. Like him as James Bond. Like Dan- so they just meets Daniel Because Daniel Craig's like a nerdy kind of like, he's like making himself seem like kind of oh, like nice. a gawky kind of guy. Beautiful. And then he like runs into Bond and Bond's just like smooth debonair kind of guy. And it's uh-huh. just, I will say though that what, Dan- what Daniel Craig cannot do is Saturday Night Live. That episode he was on was fucking garbage. I've never seen it. Oof. Really bad? He can't do sketch comedy? Well, all the jokes are on like, <laughs> it's Daniel Craig. Like that, yeah. at the end of the day, that's the only joke that it kind of plays yeah. on. Like, I'm, I'm isn't waiting. he so good looking? Isn't he kind of scary? Isn't he an assassin? And yeah. It's like, uh, I'm playing on that joke rather than his natural talent to be funny. Exactly. Unlike Justin Timberlake, who is a <sighs> reoccurring guest, who doesn't have to be known as Justin Timberlake. If he came on to well, Saturday Night Live just as his comedic to, force. To prove that point, that's why as a child, he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, those multi-talented fuckers, kid, dude. Uh, speaking about Bond suits, this is the first film, or the first film in about, I think, four film stint where they didn't use Brioni's suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of Pierce Brosnan's and Casino Royale was Brioni suits and tuxedos. What is it this now? film was Tom Ford. Tom and Tom Ford, Ford has been the the provider of Bond suits for the last four films. That is classy. Jay Z has a, a song about Tom Ford, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what put me on. Not that I own any Tom Ford, nor do I have the budget. But that's why we're here doing this podcast so that all so we can and I, get the budget. Mm-hmm. We're doing a free form of entertainment so that we can afford some of the most expensive suits. We've and lost money through this podcast for you guys. Quite a bit. Uh, I do want to say one thing though. <laughs> uh, no, actually, you know, Christian. Why don't you, I would like to know your perspective as somebody who doesn't know the Bond franchise like myself, mm-hmm. as somebody who doesn't have an a, like an unwavering love for this franchise. Yes. What what do, how do you feel about this film as as just like a spy film or as just like an entertainment? Well, I kind of understand now that this is more of like a, this is a sequel. This is like a full heart full it on is. sequel. It takes off right after the ending of Casino Royale. This is really a, just like transition between Casino Royale mm-hmm. and Spectre, right? It's kind of, uh, not necessarily. Spectre kind of doesn't... It, so, it's weird because Casino Royale was an origin story, like I said. Yeah. And then they made this film, Quantum of Solace, which is a direct sequel. Skyfall kind of hints to these stuff. They they reference Vesper and those things in that film. Mm-hmm. And then Spectre is like a whole new origin film because they got the rights back for Spectre and that kind of like retconned a bunch of the stuff that they set up in Casino Royale and Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace. So Spectre's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Because when that came out, the fun thing to do in movies right. franchise was retconning and going back and making things fit and making things work just like the Avengers does, just like you know a whole bunch of other big temple franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just like we said, yeah, it the did. correlation of what's happening in Hollywood. I think I just I wish I had watched Casino Royale prior. I wish you had too. But objectively speaking, um, I think it was a good spy film. 
It, it, I think it's one of the better spy films because mm-hmm. a lot of times we lose Bond in these action yeah. action pieces or the the sex of it or like the or the the setting of it. Yeah. He travels to so such exotic places. In this film, they didn't really pick beautiful places. I think every place they picked, except for maybe Italy, was not a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It was very rugged and very yeah. harsh and very. He was Sharp. in uh, Russia. He was in uh, Haiti. He was in uh, Haiti. He was in Italy. Yeah. Um, he went all over the place. Prague. He was in Prague, I think, for That's a little right. bit. Um, uh, yeah. I, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, the director of this film had, he wanted to represent all the elements in this film. Yeah. So when it opens, it represents Earth. That's why it takes place in a quarry. Oh, those kind of elements. Okay. Uh, when he has the chase scene on the boat, that represents the water. Oh. When he has a scene in the airplane, that represents air. The fire at and the end. And then the end of the scene represents fire. Yeah. So he had, he wanted to represent every element of the earth in this film. Yeah. I think um, I might have to agree with some of the viewers where it did lack some of the common James Bond tropes. Yes. Like uh, the, the, the lack of spy gear. Totally. Of unique spy gear. This is a very left turn from the Bond films. Yeah. But I think their point was to finish this storytelling because yeah. it ends with the iconic Bond barrel scene, mm-hmm. which isn't in Casino Royale and isn't in the opening of this scene. That's usually how Bond opens. The barrel comes in, Bond walks, shoots the audience, yeah. the blood comes down. Usually that's how it is. Yeah. And in they fact, the, it up. the only film that does that is Spectre because Spectre is a very formulaic Bond film. Here's Bond. This is what he's doing. He's a super spy. He goes to get a mission. They brought he it back to mi- what it was, yeah. Yes. And this one is a very truly a divergence of that. And if you understand that, then you can enjoy it for what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I think it was my expectations. I yeah. didn't understand that Quantum of Solace was taking such a huge left turn. And I think that's why people don't like it. And there was like a lack of a love interest. Of course, they made mm-hmm. references to Vesper, who was his love interest. Who is who is the love of his life? Bond does get married. Uh, to a woman named Tracy in, a, in one of the later films. Uh, actually, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But does he just settle or something? No, he he loves he loves Tracy. That's truly his love of his life. And she's murdered by Blofeld. She's taken from him. Dude, every fucking girl is that taken he... taken from Bond. Always taken from Bond. In such a weird way, too. That red-headed chick, um, Miss Redfield. Covered in, yeah, covered in oil. Uh, covered in oil. And that's a reference to Goldfinger. Yeah, because she was covered in gold. She was covered in gold when they killed her. Yeah, and they uh, just happened to be naked when they're covered in these uh, terrible things. <laughs> I, I think the people who murdered them made them naked, buddy. Oh, you don't think so? You don't I don't think, think so. she just like came out of the bath and was just like, who goes there? No, I think they probably had like the worst night of their life. Oh, fuck. You're making me sound like a dick, dude. Well, I, or an imbecile. <laughs> That's how I'm rating it. It's just like, I always saw that as like, they just had the worst night of their life and then Holy got- Holy shit. She, they even said like, uh, her lungs were full of oil. So they, yeah. they drowned her in oil. That's terrible. As so, opposed to Green, who we find out later had a stomach full of oil because mm-hmm. he drank it. Which was an interesting thing at the end of the movie. He he forces Green to walk the desert. Um, yeah. After he, he makes Green tell him everything about Quantum, yes. he essentially puts him on a death march in the middle of the desert. Terrible. It's worth than just shooting him in the head. Which ends up happening to him. Yeah. Yeah. Someone finds him and shoots him twice Quantum. in the head. Shoot. Boom. Quantum kills him. And then MI6 finds his body. And it's like, it's weird. Again, Bond, it's weird that you kill somebody and then also shoot him. And Bond's like, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. He keeps getting blamed. <laughs> he keeps getting blamed for murders. Dude, he's the kid in class where the, the troublemaker, he's sitting next to the troublemaker. He's, he's he's me in class who's doing fucked up things, but he's getting trouble for the, not the thing that I just did. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, which has happened to us in our previous college courses. Oh. I would be talking and then like our teacher would look at you, of course. Alex, stop talking. I'd be like, I'm not even. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, God. So I guess in that way, you're right. I am just like James Bond. Stop. <laughs> Don't stop right there. Is that not what you were getting at? That's not what I was getting at. Oh, my mistake. Um, um, 
But that's what a crazy death. Not only does Green have to march for 20 miles because he started drinking that motor oil, meaning that he didn't get shot quick. Not meaning no, that was, Quantum didn't dying. find him quick. He, he was, was dying, dying of thirst for a while. Because oh, even Bond throws him oil and he's like, I bet you'll get about 40 miles before you think about drinking mm-hmm. that. And then, and then they make a point die. to say he doesn't even get that far. No, oh. I think Green is actually one of the best Bond villains. Because, he's, because he is so small and unassuming, mm-hmm. it is... Almost like that is what I think a real Bond villain in the real world is like. Yeah. This person who takes over corporations and abuses government. It was a realistic uh, villainous trait. And then the way he fights Bond at the end. Just brute force and anger. If you put that guy next to Daniel Craig, you would pick Daniel Craig to win a fight every single time. But when you see him get to that like scrappy screaming... Oh my God! Do I think that's one of the best fights? Well, it's it's so realistic because he was he just got his deal. He was able to make uh, that <laughs> general sign the papers yeah, where he would general get paid pants. double. Yeah, general rapey pants. Who will get to? Um, but yeah, uh, Green what must have been upset. He was almost done. He got he had everyone on board uh, so that he could get this land, which wasn't full of oil, it was full of water, and he was he owned which 60... is even crazier. Yeah. And the other part that blows my mind about this film. Again, tentpole of how the world was at that time. The bad guys didn't want American dollars. Mm-hmm. They wanted euros. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. And, and I said, thought that was such a... Because that was... In that time, the dollar was when it started to lose its kind of... Its big boy status. Yeah. Because even right now, the dollar under. the dollar isn't the biggest guy on the block anymore. You know? And is it, it the euro? It, I think the euro the is... I think the euro, sterling pound in England is the most expensive form of currency you can have. Okay. Uh, then euro, then the dollar. But for a long time, the dollar was numero uno for decades. It was on top. Oh man, so much, so much so to the point where, like, we sent troops into Iraq to just go get the plates that they make American dollars with because they're printing American dollars That's in Iraq. Wild. We had to send troops and be like, "We need those plates because we cannot have them out there because people will be printing real American dollars with those plates." Mm-hmm. There's your history lesson, folks. Holy shit, dude. Um, uh, you said you had a bunch of questions, and I am kind of losing my voice. So why don't you ask me a few questions about this film? Yeah, dude. Um, so. You've answered a lot just from the first like half hour that we've been doing yeah, this, yeah. but nonetheless, I was just thrown into this. Um, did not realize that this was a hard-on sequel, and no, that it's I a hard-on. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I had questions about who the fuck is who the fuck is this dude in the trunk, and then you showed me a video yeah. right before. So I showed you the ending of Casino Royale. Mister White is like the face, yes. of Quantum. Um, one of my favorite. So when they capture him, in the beginning, uh, they have they're like interrogating him, and he like is laughing to himself. He's like, "You don't." He's like, "This whole time, we thought the CIA and the MI6 was close to catching us. We thought you guys were close, mm-hmm. but you guys have no fucking idea." And M and Bond are like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "We have people everywhere." Yep. And then he goes, "Don't we?" And that person he's talking to, Mitchell, is M's bodyguard. And that character has been M's bodyguard for 15 years. We see him in Casino Royale. Yeah. That guy has been with, and, and it's such an insane, even M says it later. She goes, uh, he says we have people everywhere. She goes, florists say that. She goes, I didn't believe that to yeah. be a real thing. Yeah. This group is so deeply embedded in the world. And then we find out Inspector that they're deeply embedded in everything. That's wild. They committed to this character being a loyal bodyguard for the first Daniel Craig film, the entire first Daniel yeah. Craig film. He was serving them for years, but this yeah. entire time. How do you live your life knowing that in the back of your Double mind? Double agent, bro. They have. That's no. a thing. Double agents do that, bro. Just to Double die at the end, do that. be trained. Nah, dude. I cannot... Do that. I would never be able to uh, double-cross someone. The fight scene someone. that Bond has with that character, Mitchell, in the like bell tower, uh-huh. 
all uh, real stunts. None oh, of it fuck. was CGI'd. Really? None of it was CGI'd. What the hell? He, I would have been broken if I was just bumping into everything like that. Bond broke his foot in this one? Or Daniel Craig broke his foot in this film? Or his hand? Holy shit. He's been fucked up in the course of being Bond. Like he, and even he admits, he's like, yeah, I, I will never be the same. Goddamn. Hopefully, like, a... Uh, uh, a Brendan Fraser type of uh, trope does not happen to him because Brendan Fraser fucked his body up because he was doing all of his stunts. Mm. We talked about it before, and they I think Daniel just... Craig's in significantly better shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even like in Brendan Fraser's prime, compared to Daniel Craig's prime, I think Daniel Craig was significantly. Mm-hmm. In we a saw, prime. Or, or Daniel Craig was in Tomb Raider, uh, the yeah. Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider. He was what? Like and small compared to like how big he is in oh, yeah. Skyfall Spectre, put on some mass, even in this one. But he's always been ripped. And lean. Yeah, that guy. I would kill for his metabolism. It's not that. I can give it to you. <laughs> oh, please give it to me. Um, Man, Bond, bro. Dude, yeah. Uh, How does it feel to actually be able to nerd out about this? You've been trying to push this for a while now. And uh, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I love Bond and every movie. Every movie, even the ones that suck. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is one of my favorite ones because I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the title for a minute. Do you, under the title "Quantum of Solace"? What does that What does that mean to you? Well, I just found out that Quantum is some dude, and uh, well, Quantum I, is a group. Yeah, is a group. See, I don't even know. Quantum is a group. Yeah. Um, of solace, no clue what this could possibly mean. So I always interpreted it as Bond is looking for like his solace over the death of Vesper. Right, he's trying okay. to find his reasoning with it, and throughout this entire film, he's just trying to find that little tiny, small amount of solace, just the smallest amount you can find. And he's trying to find it through revenge. Quantum amount of mm, solace. Nice, uh, nice. The actual the name of the movie comes from a short story that Ian Fleming did write. This story isn't a a, a Bond book or like story. This is just a made up story uh, that they titled Quantum of Solace. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I think it has to do with that. And a couple of people have said different beliefs, but I think it was That's pretty good. Daniel Craig who had said he feels it's this is Bond looking for his just little bit of solace after the death of Vesper Lynn. Well, that's what he's doing this entire time. He's trying to track down the uh, group of people that uh, that killed her, that killed her, yeah, essentially. and forced her to to you know use him and and betray him. And the final scene of this film, he finds. Vesper's boyfriend or the person who's pretending to be her boyfriend Yusuf Yusuf I kind of understood that part to that's the person who Quantum had used to hold hostage over Vesperland to make them work for them yeah so that they could get to bond and MI6 and all of this stuff mm-hmm. Vesperland when she kills herself at the end of Casino Royale M's telling Bond that she's a double agent and that she's been selling secrets of the UK government to this group and Bond doesn't believe it mm-hmm. the scene when Bond Meets Yusuf and this, who we find later, a Canadian agent who's doing the same thing to. Almost makes me cry every single time because the acting that Daniel Daniel Craig is doing in that scene, I think is maybe the best acting he does. As soon as the guy walks in, he tells him to sit down. Really good. And then he repeats himself. And when he repeats himself that second time, you can almost hear him. It's just such a beautiful scene. It's almost like he's about to cry. You hear it in his subtle inflections in his voice. Oh my! And then and and. He has these two at gunpoint, and they're both scared. They both know that, like, yeah. oh, we finally fucked up. And he tells her, he's like, you're Canadian, you're Canadian Secret Service. And mm-hmm. She doesn't say anything. He goes, it's okay, I know. He's like, you need to leave, and you need to tell, you need to admit 
that you are a traitor and that you've been selling secrets. Uh, and in exchange, I'm not going to kill you. She goes outside. She's immediately arrested and apprehended for being a traitor of the Canadian government. And then he's left with Yosef. Yeah. And he knew exactly what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. He, he was able to predict it. He was like, you probably, you're probably in love with him, with mm-hmm. Yosef, uh, meaning that you're going to give up all this information. How yep. you just Be- go outside? And because you love him, you'll tell. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they did. He to pointed Vesper. at her necklace and he was like, I have a necklace that looks just like that. Yep. Yusuf had given it to a girl prior to He you. gave it to Vesper. Vesper exactly. wears that necklace in Casino Royale. Mm. Like, from the moment we meet Vesper, she's wearing that necklace. Yes. And that is such a prominent, like, thing that's so important. It's such a great scene that I think is overshadowed in Spectre because yeah. they have a whole moment where in Spectre, Bond meets essentially his Tracy Bond, the woman who he's going to marry. Yeah. Um, and he he like finds a videotape of Vesper's confession and he just kind of throws it aside, signaling that he's over Vesper Lynn. But I don't think they needed to do that. I think this is the final scene because even he goes they back out. just and tied M, the bow yeah. here. Because M is like, he's alive? And Bond's like, yeah, it's yeah he's alive. And M's like, well, I'm, I'm surprised. And I, I want you to come back and be an agent. And Bond's like, I never I never left. What a badass thing to say. I he never is left. so, that final so scene smooth. is, if you don't think Daniel Craig's a good, Bond, watch that final scene. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Without even having known, I thought that scene, I knew this scene was important. And the delivery of it is so, so poignant. Good. Yes. And he drops drops the necklace in the snow because he is over Vesper Lynn. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he is closing that portion of his life, which is, I think, the reason why he goes through women so quickly. He tears through people so quickly because the one woman that he actually truly fell in love with and got to be vulnerable with. Because he's he so invincible and unstoppable that he's scared of being vulnerable with a woman Anyone. with their feelings. And so usually he just sleeps with them and he's whatever about it. Um, but yeah, that final scene, his acting was so good. And it, I think it's the the contrast between him, how, he, how stoic and um, how silent he usually is. Sure. Right? And like how untransparent he is. Right there to actually see emotion. Like on the surface of his face, and like he really loved this woman. Yeah, should have shot he, the fuck out of that guy. And he feels like he made that mistake. Like uh-huh. his mistake was being human. For the first time in his life, he could, and he made it. And he made a mistake. And it's like, yeah, seeing why Bond is so cold. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, it's that line of work. Look what happened to the uh, to Agent Fields. Look what almost well, happened to you know what's the sad? other girl. They kind of like gloss over. It's like, you know, M tells Bond, she's like, she's not a field agent. She uh-huh. worked behind a desk. She was just here to put you on she an airplane and come home. Papers. And look what you did. Look what you fucking did to this woman. Mm-hmm. The other great scene in that same scene is she's like, now now we're going to take you in. You need to give all your weapons to this to these gentlemen, and we're yeah. gonna and we and so he pulls a knife out that we never see him like use, use but nope. that makes sense that Bond would have at least a Just knife on him. He hands he and they arrest him. He of course breaks out because he's Bond. But I think that's such a beautiful scene of them being like, you know what we have to do now, right? We yeah. have to arrest you. Look what you've done. Mm-hmm. Look what you've done, Bond. And it makes sense, dude, how he has to emotionally distance himself because. She's right. He he does put a lot of people in danger because so Everybody. many people are after him because yeah. he's he's an agent. This yeah. is what he does. You're not supposed to have these relationships. You're not supposed to fuck other women, Bond, because this is what happens. Mm-hmm. When they think that you're in love with this woman, they're going to kill her just to get to you. Dude, really? That was just her only job was to get him on a plane and turn around. That, and I, when I first saw that film and I heard that line, I was really like, fuck, dude. Because this isn't even like, at least in the other Bond films, the Bond girl 
ends up being a bad guy. Yeah. That's another big trope. The first woman he sleeps with ends up being like the bad guy's like yeah, right hand man. I, I know that. Um so like so for that be that turn, I think this is the first film where that is the turn, where they're like, She wasn't bad, dude. She was literally just the secretary. Mm-hmm. You're just killing and anybody that must in your wake, have bro. Hit you're, him hard. You're just everything you touch fucking dies, bro. Dude, even Mathis fucking dies. So dude. Mathis and that's the other thing is like they have this real intimate moment because Mathis was portrayed to be the traitor in Casino Royale yeah. where he has this like come to Bond moment where he's like I never betrayed you Bond. Mm-hmm. He's like now you know that it was Vesper. Can you believe that I never betrayed you? And then Mathis's death death really kind of gets to me too because he's shot by these police who 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 fake a search and they you know they're they're clearly yeah. corrupt police. Yeah. They shoot Mathis and Bond is with him in that final moment. Bond is with maybe his only friend, his only true friend that he in trusts, the world. Dude. And he's with him in his moments of death and immediately takes money out of his wallet, throws him in the dumpster. Has to. And and the woman he's with, Camilla, she's she's like, That's that's what you're gonna do, that's what you do to your friends. And he's like, It's part that's of what the job. He that's what he would have wanted he because knows. I'm sure Mathis understands. Mathis gets it more than anything. Yeah. Because um it's funny. That Mathis's body is found in a trunk because in Casino Royale he sets up some people with some bodies in the trunk, and so it's uh, kind of ironic that now that's yeah. how Mathis ends up getting killed yeah. because he's okay, doing the very cool. trick that he did in the movie earlier. Nice. So they they planted a lot of seeds. A lot of in little this things movie. in this film that like take quite a bit of reviewing. Dude, poor Mathis. He had nothing. He was just chilling. Poor Mathis's wife. His beautiful. <laughs> yes. She just wanted a massage, and he like hates her. She's yes. like, I miss your hands, and he's like, When are we getting the fuck out of here? When yeah, are we he's leaving? just like miserable with this uh in this monogamous relationship. Couple of funny things I want to talk about before we wrap up the episode is yeah. as much as this is a good film there are some things that don't make sense and that are kind of funny um one <laughs> let's which, talk about it what is it uh one of which is when bond first of all bond uses reverse racism to his advantage in haiti where he kills the bad guy who's white and then goes downstairs and just pretends to be another white assassin yeah and like all the black people in haiti are like oh yeah yeah that's that the same sense. white guy yeah sure and like even everybody's like oh yeah you're the you're that guy because okay, he sure. brings the key down from the room. Uh-huh. He just assumes that he puts on his jacket and then that's it. And then he's just he's that guy. Yeah, now. and the, the the lady at the counter is just like, Oh, do you want your briefcase now or later? He's do like, you want us to hold uh, it for no, you? Still? I'll take it. I'll take it now. They did not tell the difference. So when the girl that he meets, the Dominic Green's girlfriend, yeah. meets up with Dominic Green, do you know what he's doing in the office? He says, I'm busy. Do you see what he's doing? No, what is he doing? He's just like stamping. Oh, yeah. On paper. I he's did just, not realize what he's I didn't like, understand. I'm very that. busy. And that's what he said. So I take it one of two ways. What's up? One is he doesn't want to be bothered. He's just telling him I'm busy. And he's just doing this because he doesn't give a fuck. He's relieving stress. Somehow. The other thing I think of is maybe that's how they fake paperwork. Uh-huh. If they're trying to like make a big corporation that has all these fake numbers and stuff like that, maybe they need rolls of paperwork that looks like, yeah, these are this is all of our paperwork. Uh-huh. And so in order to make it look real, he's over here stamping everything. So it looks like there's stuff written on it. Yeah. That's how I read it. I don't know. It looked like just one long strip it, of paper. There's some sort of over like, yeah. and over. He's just going crazy. And he was he's going around the stamps. It was He's a psychopath. Five stamps in one spot. This guy was <laughs> crazy. And <laughs> what a manipulative <laughs> fuck. This girl, this beautiful woman comes up behind her, behind him, and he, uh, she says, you're surprised to see me? And immediately he's, like, like trying to seduce her. Because he had hired fake Bond to assassinate her. Yes. And then Bond pretended to be – and even in that car scene, it's kind of funny. When he finds her picture, he's yeah. like, oh, somebody wants to kill you. Yeah, he do – I mean, this guy's smart. Fucking James Bond is so smart. The other funny thing I always laugh about is in the opera scene. Yeah. When Bond goes to the opera and he's taking pictures of all of the quantum members as they get up and run away, mm-hmm. except for Mr. White, he doesn't get up and walk away. He just turns to some random woman next to him and goes, hmm, 
Oh, Maybe yeah. the opera's not for everybody. That was Mr. White. And I think, was he with that woman? Does he know that woman? Or did he just like see all these people get up and walk out and he just sends like, huh, I guess the opera's not for Dude, everyone. <laughs> what if that woman was like, shut the fuck Excuse up. Excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to watch this trying opera to here. Watch I'm trying this. to watch this here. These are great seats. You're ruining oh it for God. me. Um, yeah, the, I didn't even realize that was Mr. White. Dude, that's Mr. White. Yeah, because there's just a bunch of old white people in here that it's kind of They're getting, the people who run the world, bro. That, that's what it seems David like. David Harbour is also in this film. Yes. He plays CIA agent. Mm-hmm. He's a, slightly a comic relief. He's, he's an American yeah. CIA agent. He's Felix Leiter's boss. Felix Leiter is a very common reoccurring Bond character. Mm-hmm. He's the American equivalent. He's CIA. Yeah. Uh, and Felix Leiter is, was in a lot of the Sean Connery's he's in live and let die. He gets his legs eaten off by an alligator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in casino Jesus. Royale and he's also in this film and he's going to be in no time to die. Um, what's that actor's name? Jeffrey Wright. And he's in Westworld. He is. He's... I feel like his name is also Felix in Westworld. Do you remember his name? in Westworld? No, his name is Bernard. Bernard. Or Arnold. Or... Arnold. Okay. Um, spoilers. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Okay. That's crazy. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that he was a reoccurring character, but they made him seem so significant. That's another question I had. Was well, just and, like, what? Because I also love the part where they hand him the picture of the phone when Green doesn't know who Bond is yet, mm-hmm. and he hands David Harbour's phone. He's like, "Do you know who this person is? We think he's a secret agent." And he's like, uh, "Hey, you know who this is?" And to the side is like, "No, I don't know who it is." It's and me. David Harbour's like, "That's James Bond." Mm-hmm. Like, what how do you, do you mean? not know exactly James Bond? He, I, it's just. Here's Felix doing the typical CIA thing where he denies, 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 and David Harbour is almost doing it as a test. Yep. Where he doesn't say, I don't know who that is. He just hands it to Felix Leiter and he goes, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that little little bit of it I think is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, kind of that little tell of how smart these agents actually are. They have are. a relationship, exa- like, because uh, Felix meets James Bond at the bar. Yeah. And kind of says, like... Uh, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, so you better get going. Move your head. Yep. Helps him out at the very end. And then and then he goes back to David Harbour and he goes, what did you tell him? And he's like, exactly what we agreed on. Smooth. Which is such a CIA thing of being like, I'll give you some information, but not all of it. Now I'm going to make it seem like you really worked for it. Like just It's calculated. Under, Everything is so calculated. This is a great spy film. I think this is a great spy film in the modern era, too. Mm -hmm. Because Bond was great in the Cold War, because this high spy versus spy sort of thing was a real thing that happened. Yeah. And we don't really have spies. For the most part... The reason why Bond doesn't have gadgets is because all of that shit's in our cell phone. The reason why Bond doesn't need a radio in his shoe is because he has a fucking cell phone now. You know, like all of those gadgets. He has a good cell phone. Yeah, all those gadgets don't mean anything in today's day and age. So how do we make Bond still a good spy? Well, he's got to be a good detective. He's got to be good at what his job is. He can't be relying on all of the gadgets. No, he can't have a blowing up pen on the off chance that the bad guy likes to click pens, which was a Pierce Brosnan thing. Like, (laughs) that was a whole thing. What if the person just wanted to write? what What if they used pencils yeah what so, if they did so, not pick it up so that's where i kind of lose it with bond a little bit where in the pierce brosnan films they'll be like we spent billions of dollars creating this pen bomb on the off chance that there's a bad guy who uses pens and guess what we just found a bad guy who clicks pens and it's like dude oh. what if the cleaning lady found that in yeah. the person's office what if bond clicked it what if bond what if what wrong if pen the guy who bonds ba- <laughs> like the woman that he's having sex with wants to write him a good bind and she's like oh i'll Boom. just use this pen you know what I mean? Like, there's so many problems. The, the, <laughs> it just gets the credits after the he blows up. No, not that pen. Boom. In uh, A View to a Kill, that happens too. He's in San Francisco, and he goes to a fish market. Yeah. And he just walks up to a guy, and he goes, excuse me, 
do you have any soft shell crab? And the guy looks up at him and goes, ah, Mr. Bond, right this way. And it's like, <laughs> what if he was just somebody looking for soft shell crab? Yeah, that might that's be on the common, menu. That's a very common thing Go to, to Pier 39, in a fish market. All stands at the fish market in San Francisco sell soft shell crab. I think, and like, maybe that guy had someone out and he's like, fuck, I gotta kill him again. He's just like, Mr. Dude, Bond? What if he was trying at every single stand? You have soft shell crab? Have soft shell crab? Yes. No, we do fish here. Yeah. Fish. Okay, thank you. You have soft shell crab? Yeah, we no, we have Dungeness, we have long leg. Thank you, not what I'm looking for. Okay. It does it three more times until he finds the and guy. Finds like, excuse me, do, do you have soft shell crab? Yeah. Ah, Mr. Bond, right this oh, way. Like, yeah. Oh, oh it finally worked on Fuck, the seventh Jesus try. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, this film uh, also has notoriously the worst extra in history. Who? They're in that same scene where Dominic Green is doing the stamps and stuff like that, Bond's yeah. on the phone. There's an extra in the background who's supposed to be sweeping. His broom's not even touching the ground. You <laughs> he can, should be fired. You can Google worst extra in movie history, and that's what comes up. In that criminal industry, mm-hmm. he would have been thrown off the boat. Fun fact for Bond, fil- fond, 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 bond fans. Fond fans. Fond, if you're fond of Bond. If you're fond of vaudeville. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, if you're fond of Bond, um, you'll notice that he hands a gentleman a card that says Universal Exports. Uh-huh. Universal Exports is a small callback to when Bond... Has to tell tell somebody what his job is. He can't say I'm a secret agent. Although, and most of the films, he just oh, straight up tells people he's a secret that's agent. That's his cover. Universal Exports is the fake job that he has. Nice. And you only ever see it one or two other times in other films, and they don't even say it. It's just like on the helicopter that he's on, or it's in the background. It's a very nice subtle callback to the depth the depth of the Bond world. Does it say uh, what his position is in that company? You know what it does, but I think it's he's just a like a. Just an employee, yeah, a regular employee. He's a trader for Universal Exports. But it's so smart. The way they did in this movie, he gives them the business card. He knows that those henchmen are going to call that mm-hmm. card. Boom, GPS Tracks tracker. The number. Bond is great. Smart. This one is good because we're in like Roger Moore films, Bond like gets in an airplane he's never been in and just suddenly knows how to fly it. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, Bond's so smart. And it's like that. I don't know if he'd really know every single aircraft. In his... I was amazed. And that... this one, he's smart in like a realistic way. He could do so many things. Fly a plane. He yeah. could drive real well. He could hand-to-hand combat. Well, he is an, guns. O- he is an officer in the Royal Navy. So mm-hmm. I just wish Commander there was Bond. one thing that I was better at Bond at. He's better looking than me. He's more charming. He's great at. He's incredible at uh, casino games. Like he kills in Casino Royale. Is there a? He loves cars. He knows cars. He's a great shot. There's he, no movie where he sings, right? Imagine in the next Bond movie, one one minute scene where he does karaoke to like, recover. He has to cover up. He sings the theme song for Bonanza. Um, uh, <laughs> I do want to say I do think it's interesting that in Casino Royale he tells a bartender how to make a Vesper, the the martini. Yeah. And then in this film, he doesn't know how to make it. The bartender's telling him how he makes it. Yes. And I'm just like, you literally just invented, if this movie takes place five minutes after Casino Royale, you you invented this drink last week, Bond. Yeah. You invented this drink. You know what you're drinking. So it would make no sense that he would. He's like, I have no idea what I'm drinking. It's like, yeah. But you he know. had six of them. <laughs> but Bond can drink. Yeah. And he seems sober, sober as a kite. Oof. Yeah. Uh, What's one up? other, I have, I just have so many. I fun know facts. you have so much. Go right on ahead, dude. This was the last film of the Ford deal that they had. So uh, James Bond, the Eon Productions had a deal with Ford, which is why there's Alfa Romeos in this in this movie, and like why a number of times Bond drives like a Ford Focus in Casino Royale. He drives a Ford Focus at one point. Wow, um, advertisement. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, would you like to know what the first product placement was in a Bond film? Ooh, uh, I don't know. What is it? Smirnoff vodka. Smirnoff. Yes, Did he sir. happen to be in like Russia? No, in Doctor No, he was in Jamaica. So there was four or th- three or four 
product placements that they were able to secure for the first James Bond film, Dr. No. Uh-huh. It was um, Smirnoff Vodka, Red Stripe Beer. Uh, it was a, a Ford Mustang. Or does he have his Bentley in that one? I think he might have. He has a Bentley in that car, in that movie. Because he didn't even have his Ashton Martin yet. Because the Ashton Martin isn't a James Bond thing uh-huh. until the movies became a thing. And then they got a deal with Ashton Martin, and then that became Bond's car. We're going to put that in all the movies. And then they rewrote the books to be like, oh, yeah, his DB5. And it's like, fuck, why the fuck's Bond driving a DB5? It's 2020. Yeah. It's funny how he never talks about his uh, car preferences. It just appears. Yeah. And like in Casino Royale, he gets the iconic DB5, uh-huh. like James Bond car. And then it shows up again in Skyfall. And it's like, wait, did he have that car transported from Jamaica? Because like he didn't have that car in England. It's also funny how into this you are that you are... You are trying to dissect his preferences, his so vehicle much to the preferences. Point where in Jamaica, he has an American style driving DB5 where the driver is on the left side. And mm-hmm. then in Skyfall, where it's supposedly the same DB5, now the driver's side is on the right side because it's an English car. So my question is if that is the DB5 he gets in Casino Royale, think about how much money he spent switching the driver's side over to the other side of the car. I want to see that scene. I want to see that movie where he's, <laughs> where he's like getting it customized. Where he's trying to explain to Q all the things he wants. And, and also machine guns. And Q's machine like, what? Guns, <laughs> all right, can you move the driver's Drive a seat from this side to that side. And an ejector seat in the passenger right. side. That's it's, such a ridiculous thing that he has in the DB5, the ejector mm-hmm. seat for the passenger side. And the guy customizing it is like, uh, oh, why, what? why do you need all this? It's, he's going to the same guys who do <laughs> Pin My Ride. Yeah, those guys. All <laughs> oh, right, we heard you were a secret agent, so we put in two Browning automatic machine guns behind the Boom. headlights. We also heard you get shot at a lot, so here's bulletproof Boom. glass. We also heard you like banging chicks and getting rid of them. Boom. Ejection seat. Ejection seat. Or as we call it, the rejection seat. Hey. Would you like to rate this film, Christian? Uh, I'll give it a four out of five. I'm giving it a solid five out of five. I know you would. Yeah. I know you would. I'm. I don't know. My preferences might change depending if when I watch. You need to see more of them. Yeah. Exactly. I, I and mean, I would like to watch them with you. Also, when I watch this, I watched it on HBO Go, and my either my I think that was internet connection yeah. was terrible or HBO Go was fucking up. It's also on HBO constantly right now. So if you just want to watch this film, it's on TV. Put on put on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is Casino Royale also on HBO Go. So if you watch the double header, bro. I'm telling you. Like we said, four hours of your day. Clear it up. 100% worth it. And I would say, yeah. even if you have children, put them to sleep. Watch all four hours. If you have an old person who needs medicine regularly, put them to sleep. Put away four hours. Mm-hmm. If you are have work, don't go. Four hours, I'm telling you. If you're pregnant and your water broke, scoop it back up, put it back in, and give birth later. Name that baby Felix Bond. Hey, do it. Yeah, like that. Uh, before we go, let's talk about um, Miss, uh, Mr. General Rapey Pants. Fuck that guy. Oh, I like yeah. the actor, but fuck him, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting part. That's another one of the things. Remember in the past, I've talked about panties. We see that girl. We see that girl's panties yeah, in this. Yeah, that one. was that felt so out of place. A Is- bit like they could have cut again. Back to my original argument. Anytime they show panties in a movie, they could have just cut that out. There's because no reason to show the us camera that. angle. Just shows her getting out of bed. She spreads her legs to like kind of Run get up, her to get up because her hands are tied behind her back. Yeah, to get up from the bed. But they could have just shifted the camera they to the left a bit out. more, and you didn't have to see it because see I don't want to see any panties after she almost got raped. And is that to like is that to show like no no she didn't actually get raped she's still wearing panties or yeah. is it to be like more salacious and be like she got raped with panties on. Oh, I don't want to think about that hypothetical. Think about it now. Nope, stop. Okay, stop. you're right. This is I'm weird. glad this he is, died. We have women who will listen. I don't want to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I'm uncomfortable and I'm a man. And I'm wearing panties. Um, <laughs> my best person on set award yes. is the director, Mark Forrest Foster. Uh-huh. Only got one Bond filmed. He was chosen 
specifically by Daniel Craig to direct this film. He made maybe the most art, artsy Bond film that, I, that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he's given enough credit for what happens because he's overshadowed so significantly by Casino Royale, which is such a realistic, great, you know, first time we see Daniel Craig. And then right after is Skyfall, which is Sam Mendes' first stab at Bond. And Sam Mendes made an incredible Bond film. He makes a very good formulaic mm-hmm. Bond film. And... You know, I think for that, this one kind of falls in between the crevices of two great Bond films. And I really think as time goes on, this one was going to get better and better and better and better. Gotcha. I'm going to have to give my best person on set award to the same person, uh, the director as well. Because, yeah, like you just said, it's hard to to make something great after a movie prior to it. Yeah. It was already really fucking good. Like the standards are so high, are so high. Sequels are already look. destined to like not do well, right? Mm-hmm. You're picking up right where you left off, especially. So for that director to have taken this film, made it uh, into what it is, good job, man. One of my favorite things that this director does is sometimes in Bond films, there'll be like, he'll be in a fight scene and there's just like a chain laying on the ground. And so the bad guy grabs the chain and now he's fighting with it. It's like, but that doesn't make sense. Why is there just a chain laying on the ground? Yeah. Constantly that happens to Bond where, oh, and then he'll just find like a gun. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. This film makes a point to quantify why everything happens in the yeah, opening it's not random yeah in the opening car scene when he gets the door ripped off of his car yeah that's because the truck crashed you see you how, see it you see why everything happens at no point that's in cool. this film is something just happening because it is a action film everything has a reason for what what's going on and then and then holds through bond gets like punched in the face and has like bruises and cra- scrapes and cuts through the entirety of this film i don't know any other film that has that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. You know, where, where they truly take a point to the injuries are sustained throughout the entirety yeah. of the film. The the stress yeah. is sustained throughout the entirety of the film. His emotions. This is a truly broken, emotionally broken James Bond. Yeah. And and Daniel Craig plays it to the best of his ability. Really good. Really yeah. good. I this, mean, this proves why Daniel Craig is a great actor. And then movies like Skyfall Inspector prove why he's such a good Bond. Well, because, it's easy to play James Bond in such a robotic, emotionless sense, right? Yeah. Just be the badass killer that gets girls. Yeah. You could play it that way or you could play it as like the vulnerable Daniel Craig version of yeah. James Bond. I don't think Pierce Brosnan has these acting chops where Bond does or uh, Daniel Craig does mm-hmm. uh, and this is just like and this film also like we're first introduced to Tanner who is M's like second guy who's like always with her talking to her through it oh yeah yeah this yeah. is the first time we meet Tanner actually that dude. they name check him in one of the he's the chubby guy right yeah, yeah. Roy Kinnear mm-hmm. uh, who's an incredible actor on his own he's in the first episode of Black Mirror holy with the pig. he's shit. the pig fucker he's the pig fucker yeah. um Tanner is name checked in one of the Pierce Brosnan films, but we don't actually know who Tanner is. Dude, I love movies that do that. They keep the names, and it's so just they like... brought him back in this one. And he actually has become quite a temple. Like Tanner is now like a he he is like the male money penny who uh-huh. used to be M's like literal secretary uh, who That's doesn't cool. show up until That's super Skyfall. Cool. She doesn't show up until Skyfall. Dude, yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing this movie up. <sighs> thanks I for watching. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You have twenty five other Bond films to watch now. Holy shit, I don't think I have the time in the world. You have plenty of time. Do, do you I? You, in fact, have all of the time in the world. Do I? You do. Because I do nothing else other than this podcast. Actually, you should stop doing everything in your life. Quit my job. Until you've seen every Bond film. Leave Take my a family. sabbatical. <laughs> a sabbatical? Break, break up with your girlfriend. 
Go rent a hotel room with a Blu-ray player, get completely naked and covered in petroleum jelly, and put on every single James Bond this film is how I simultaneously. I'll go up to my boss, the CEO of my company. Hey, you. I've been working here one and a half years. Slam down a headshot of Daniel Craig. I'm tired. You see this? Sabbatical now so I could watch this guy kill people. Sabbatical now. What Sabbatical now. Sabbatical. It's me outside, of, now. me outside of my company's building with a, with a sign and it's just one me. Single. People think you're like protesting something right rightfully and like righteous and everyone's like what's he saying out there he's like why is this guy schizophrenic he's doing the call and response does he know how to go apply to apply for the sabbatical he just has to talk to hr he doesn't need to go to the ceo he, he needs didn't to even talk spell to hr sabbatical correctly that's that says simpatico <laughs> simpatico simpatico what do we want simpatico now what do we want simpatico now christian you are having a major breakdown out here buddy so we've already called an ambulance uh, and the police no leave me out here christian that's the thing. Leave me out here. You're literally ruining our company. I'm trying to watch all 25 of the Bond films. And right this way, these nice men in white coats will take you to them. <laughs> Who are oh, these people? Okay. They're uh, your new friends. Oh, oh, I agree with them. Oh, okay. okay. Well, are we going to watch thanks, Bond? God. Yeah, Christian. All During of the this Bond protest, films you want. the one man protest that I'm throwing at for this sabbatical, I've lost so much IQ. I've just gone stupider it's and the stupider. Heat. The heat got too It's pal. the heat. All right, y'all. Uh, any last words, dude? Oh, man. That's a full hour of Bond, and we I, never go over an hour, but for you baddies, we did. And it, actually, no, for me. For this, you? This is the most self-serving episode I've ever done. Yeah, I've been dude. dying to do Bond. I just want to flex the fact that I know so much. Hide your boner, man. Uh, your boner's no. showing. <laughs> no, that's my tongue. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah, that, I didn't think that through. <laughs> that You really didn't, because those body parts are nowhere near each other. Only if you try. Only if you're Marilyn Manson. Bye! Wait, we know that's not true. <laughs>